You are listening to the Daily Escape Podcast with Sadie K. Frazier. This episode has been brought to you by Traveling Realms Media. Hey all, how are you today? I hope you're having a great week and finding your way back to some sense of normalcy after all that candy eating and festivities of Halloween last weekend. I saw several posts from some of my uh, teacher friends this past Monday, the day after Halloween. I think I learned to appreciate them a little bit more than I already did after thinking what they go through the Monday after Halloween, especially when Halloween is on a Sunday. One of my um, teacher friends said, Halloween, tummy aches, more candy, late bedtimes, more candy, having to wake up early for school on Monday equals many meltdowns more than normal. So to all you teachers, nurses, and assorted school staff, bless your hearts. (laughs) You do this every single day of the year, no matter what challenges you face, and I think that you're all amazing. Um, Just thought I'd share with you a little funny on my way home. So I'm driving home today and I made uh, pork gyozas, homemade pork gyozas last night for dinner, and I made sure to separate them between my husband and I so we could take them for lunch today. Loved to have a little bit of leftovers for lunch there, especially when it's my Friday. So I uh, get to work today, and my husband says how good my gyozas were from last night, and I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot them in the refrigerator. Needless to say, it was an early day for me at work, so I just decided, eh, I won't eat lunch, I'll just wait till I'm on my way home, and then maybe I'll swing through and grab something. So I swing through Sonic, and I order a cheeseburger. Well, as I'm looking for my debit card, I realize that my grandson, Kyler's birthday tomorrow, happy birthday, Kyler, his sixth birthday is tomorrow, and I had stopped to get him cash out for his birthday this morning. And I'm thinking, okay, did I put my card back in my purse, or did I leave it in the ATM? Because nothing would surprise me at this point. So... I'm kind of digging through a little bit and she comes on and I order my food and I still can't find it. Well, I had cash in my purse, so I wasn't really worried about it, but I'm starting to get nervous because I'm driving home and I'm going to pass the bank here and I may have to swing back in and say, um, did you see my card this morning? So anyway, I finished my order and I pulled forward maybe like a foot and a half. Nobody else was in line or anything. So I pulled forward like a foot and a half from the drive through and the window is quite a ways up there. So I pulled over and pulled my purse off the floorboard and I start digging through all my papers and my other cards and like, oh, I can't find it anywhere. And all of a sudden I hear, ma'am, and it sounded a little frantic. I look up to see this lady that works at Sonic running towards me with a drink. So we made eye contact and all of a sudden I hear her say, oh, thank God you're okay. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on? I literally just ordered my food and I'm on my way up to the drive-thru. I don't, what's going on? So I rolled down my window and she said, 
she said, oh, you scared me so bad. When she looked up, apparently all she saw was me order my food, and then <laughs> I appeared to pull a foot forward, and then it looked like I was slumped over my wheel. So she was running my drink to me to... She thought for sure that I had had a diabetic coma or something like that in that, you know, 10 seconds that it took me to pull forward. I apparently had slumped over my wheel and was in a diabetic coma. So she was running my drink to me to get some sugar in me quick. And then they were going to call 911 if they couldn't get me to come around. So that is my funny for the week. And I could not stop laughing all the way home. And I, I thanked her. I said, well, it's good to know that I guess somebody's going to check on me if I ever die in a drive through lane. But Pay attention to your surroundings, people, and, you know, it's not always what it looks like when you, when you see something. So, just thought I'd let, let you know that little funny. Okay, so let's get down to business, shall we? This week, I have definitely felt a certain chill to the air. We went from probably about 70 to 75 here to just a cold, yucky dampness that sort of snuck its way in like an uninvited guest. I'm not exactly complaining, I guess, because just a few short weeks ago, I was beginning to um, beg my husband, like on a daily basis, please turn that air conditioning down. Um, I have lovely menopausal hot flashes or power surges, as I like to call them, and they were just bombarding me when it was probably like 80 degrees or above. So I really don't have anything to complain about when it gets chilly because it's I'm a lot more comfortable now and I do love this time of year. Normally, I love to be chilly and throw on an extra sweater or snuggle down deep in the covers after we add another Sherpa blanket to our bed. I really, really do. As one season fades into the next, I love that that visual feast of the trees, the way that they glow red and orange and burnt umber in the sunlight as it peeks through the trees. And as the sun sets, it leaves behind this kind of magical warm orange, gold, peachy, I can't even describe the color of it, a tone that just casts itself across the sky as darkness gets earlier and earlier with each passing day. That, I think, is the part that I dislike most about this time of year. So my hubby and I were out celebrating our 22nd wedding anniversary last Friday. And before we even went to dinner, it was starting to get dark and I was thinking it was much later than it actually was, but I looked at the clock in my car and it was 6.35 p.m. What the heck? No was all I could think. This can't be happening already. So I kind of, we were enjoying our anniversary, but it was I was already feeling kind of blah and I was like, I just let that depressive wintertime blues feeling overtake me for a few minutes and I... I felt like I was grieving the loss of the last few weeks. It's like, what happened to fall? I mean, we skipped from 75, 85 degrees and clear up into like the beginning of fall there. And then I get home that night and my thermostat was 62 degrees in the house. And it was supposed to be like 28 degrees outside. And I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and crank on the heat. But I wasn't ready. Just... I wasn't ready financially with all the alleged cost doubling with the natural gas prices this winter, but most especially, I wasn't ready emotionally. Where had my favorite season gone to already? And then I got an email that I, I really felt in my soul. The subject line was, on being uninspired. And that's what I was. I was having a hard time finding the words to describe how I've been feeling lately, but uninspired is a good word. 
the more I thought about it, I was feeling un uninspired in almost every way imaginable. And here I am doing a series on people who inspire, and I was anything but feeling motivated to do more and to be more. A few weeks ago, I was literally burning the candle at both ends, and I was on fire creatively. And now I found myself unable to move forward, stuck in a rut, just kind of blah. I often feel this way as winter settles in, but this early, this seemed like it was just <laughs> bah, bah humbug. This is my favorite time of the year, and I don't want to feel that way. Maybe it's just another part of me that's changing, redesigning what I like and I don't like. I know I don't like the cold anymore as much as I used to. It, it affects my fibromyalgia more than it used to. And I just, I don't like it getting dark at six o'clock at night when this time changes. But I was beginning to wonder if I'm just turning into a crotchety old lady who hates the cold and grumbles about everything that no longer suits me. God, I hope not. I'm not ready for that either. But it forced me to look at myself and think, how do I break myself free from this self-limiting mindset and find the inspiration I need to make it through the next few months of cold, snow, darkness, and just blah? So let's go back to the email that I mentioned earlier that I received entitled, On Being Uninspired. It was from a group I follow on Facebook, and it's called The Sisters Enchanted. They shared thoughts on why it's okay to be uninspired sometimes and why it can be a blessing instead of a curse. Their email read, it happens to everyone, and it typically comes with a heaping side of guilt because we feel like we should be doing something or like there's something wrong with us for feeling uninspired. On the contrary, I think that feeling uninspired is a gift. Here's why. It's an invitation to fall back, to look around and witness you and your life. How and where are you integrating your intentions into your life and being? Basking in the vast and empty space that being uninspired brings is an opportunity to receive whatever it is that comes next for you. It's an opportunity to simply see your life and yourself without actually doing anything to try and push forward, prove your worth, or fix something. Fighting back in this moment by trying to push forward is what leads you to disconnect from your true north. When the lack of inspiration floats down upon you like a cloudy veil, let it settle Eventually it will pass and the bright light of inspiration will shine again. As the moon wanes and so does the outside world around us, remember this. So I really took that to heart. As hard as it may seem to pull ourselves back up once we start to slide down that rabbit hole of feeling down and uninspired, let's find a way to change our mindset instead of getting too down on ourselves. Because I know for me, um, like they mentioned in that article, I do feel guilty. I feel like I've got everything... My, I have a wonderful job. I have a husband who loves me. I have kids who love me. I have beautiful grandchildren. We have everything going for us right now. So there's nothing really for me to be uninspired about. But it does tend to happen to the best of us. And sometimes it happens when we least expect it. So let's put a positive spin on things and think of it as a gift instead, like they said. It's an invitation to fall back. Now that's an interesting perspective considering that this weekend, daylight saving time of officially ends on November 7th. It also is a time to reset the clocks and fall back. In researching this week's topic, I found that there's a lot of controversy surrounding the actual springing for forward or falling back of the forced time change in both spring and fall. Efforts to kill off daylight savings time are nearly as old as the time shift itself. 
And even today, there's still a lot of people who are trying harder now than ever to get that repealed. One of the most recent studies showed that it isn't all that good for our health either. It appears that there's a significant increase in the risk of heart attack within the first few days immediately following the springtime change. The good news is that there appears to be approximately the same decrease in that risk immediately following the fall time change. So whether we like it or not, until these changes, and depending on when or if the battle against it is ever won, we need to find a way to adjust our own mindset, just like basically anything else in our life that we're not thrilled to have to deal with. We need to learn to see this as yet another opportunity to dig deep, do the work it takes to change, and reset to become inspired again. So just how do we manage to do this when everything seems blah? Well, if you look at it from the Sisters Enchanted perspective I mentioned a little bit ago, it's time to think outside the box and see if we can't unearth new opportunities to help us grow and reach beyond the limitations we've placed upon ourselves, knowingly or not. So I'm an author, right? What if instead of not knowing what to focus my time and attention on, I start by initiating a three-day writing challenge? Start off small. Pick one brain teaser, one writing prompt that really pulls at you when you read it. Pick a half an hour, an hour each day, how much ever time you have, for three days and commit yourself to writing. Now, when you go to sit down and write, the biggest pitfall that I see is that People think that they have to have this all planned out, what you're going to write. When you do one of these writing prompt exercises, the best thing you can do is just put on some music, pull out some paper and pen, or pull up your, your either Google Doc or Word document and just start writing. Don't stop and think about it. Don't edit it. Just write whatever comes to mind. And it might be gibberish at first. There may not be a story behind that. It might just be words. But eventually, it's a pattern of behavior that your body, your, body, your mind, everything that you're using to write with, it learns to accept that as a habit and then it will just keep going and it eventually just creativity begins to flow. And it's it's kind of cool how that happens. I've been stuck in a slump before and started writing and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to write. Nothing's coming to mind. But you kind of just start forming words and blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you have the beginning of a story. So each day that you do this writing challenge, you could add on a little bit more and then a little bit more until the, at the end of day three, you may end up with a little mini short story written. With any luck, as has happened with me before, I might start off day one slow, like I said, and stumbling through words that don't really make any sense as I struggle to become inspired. But once it clicks, once your mind knows that you're in it to win it, you won't be able to stop. So perhaps you'll get to day three and you'll be like, hey, I can see this turning into a full-fledged novel. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And if that happens, don't you dare stop. Just keep writing. Keep creating until you meet those goals. And here's the thing. Everybody is so caught up with keeping up with the Joneses, doing exactly what everybody else you know is doing. We need to stop that mindset once and for all. Every single one of you is unique in your own way, and you have your own voice, your truth, your words that need to come through to tell your story. So no matter what genre, no matter what topic, you are writing that from your own unique perspective. You can't copy what someone else is doing. In saying that, there's no wrong way to do any of this. And another thing to, to stop focusing on, too, is word count. It doesn't matter if you write a 100-page cozy murder mystery if you write a, you know, 40-page short story, 
if you write a full-fledged 1,000-page fantasy novel. What matters is that your heart comes through in those words. So if you're already working on multiple manuscripts and you've just kind of put things aside and put them on the back burner like I have, <laughs> while you just struggled to stay afloat through COVID, what if you took this time through this fall and winter season to unwrap those little gifts that you started? Open up your Google Docs, dust off your hard drive, revisit some of those notes and beginning chapters you started and never finished. Perhaps just rereading a prologue or a chapter or two will spark that inspiration you need to start writing again. And if not, hey, there's always my upcoming workshop and masterclass you can take. I'll be sharing a lot more details with you very, very soon on that. I'm just wrapping some things up now and I'll be on with some pretty major announcements. It won't be too long before I've got everything wrapped up. But I have two different courses going. One of them is a free workshop, and it's more of a mindset workshop. It's more how to get you in the right mindset to be motivated to write. And then my full-fledged signature course is more on bringing the story inside your heart to life. So where I'll take you kind of by the hand, and I'll take you step-by-step step on how to actually write your first novel. All right, so what are some other things that we can use this time for? What if you start a new project that you've always wanted to do? Something completely new and different that you've never taken time for. What if that time is now? Not tomorrow, not next year, right now. And my cousin is living proof of that, that you should not wait for tomorrow. She was diagnosed with ALS and is fighting a battle that I don't think any of us can even imagine. And she's going to be... Um, on my podcast here within the next couple weeks and I'll be sharing her story and the things that she's gone through but without even guessing how she's going to answer some of the questions I have to ask her I think that that would be her biggest um, takeaway from all of this to share with you guys is life is too short there are things that set our souls on fire things that we're waiting to do for someday and I encourage you all to let this be your someday let this be your day one where you start. I don't care what it is, what kind of project it is. Whatever it is that bring you, brings you joy, fills you with happiness, and sets your soul on fire, pick those things up and start doing them today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Pick up a new hobby. Start a podcast. Listen to a podcast or three. That's where some of my motivation comes from is listening to other people and their influencers, their motivational speakers, whatever you want to call them, their messages speak to me. They keep me going. But also when I started this podcast, I never planned on venturing out on my own. In fact, I barely made it through the podcast that my husband and I did together because I kept putting it off and I didn't enjoy it. I had a hard time thinking of my words, so I didn't want to think on the fly I wanted to type everything out and have every word, you know, accounted for so that I didn't mess up any of my words. And then I started my own podcast and half the time I'm winging it. And I love doing this. This is something that I enjoy way more than I thought I would. It doesn't matter what the topic is even. Just get on and tell about your life. Share, if you're a mom, share funny stories about your kids. Heck, share stories about going through the drive through lane and almost getting 911 called because somebody thinks you're slumped over the wheel. Whatever it is, as long as it's authentically you, share that with the world. If you like to read, pick up a new book or three. Start a new series. Hibernate inside while you let your mind get lost in other realms and worlds beyond your own. What if you got a new notebook 
that's just my thing, honestly. If I start a new project, I have, an, have to have a new fresh notebook and a pen. <laughs> but what if you get a notebook and you make a list of all the things you want to do or all the things you want to change in the new year? You know how I feel about sticky notes parties by now if you've listened to any of my podcasts. And that's one of the things that I found to be an invaluable tool when I'm doing my course creation. Go buy yourself a package of sticky notes. Set a timer and brainstorm your way to a new life, a new you in 2022. Whatever it is you want to do, write it down. If you want to write two chapters of a novel, set a goal and outline how you're going to reach it, do that. Maybe you want to write for 30 minutes every day. Maybe you'll write three pages every week. Maybe you'll write a chapter every week and pick the best two when the winter time is over with, and then you'll start your brand new novel. It doesn't matter what your approach is so long that you have a goal and a plan for achieving that goal. Go buy a new cozy sweater, a new coffee mug, your favorite fall scented candles. Heck, fill your senses with coziness and inspired comfort. Write a family newsletter you've been meaning to send since your kids were little. That's something that I always planned on doing and I thought I'd get Christmas letters or Christmas newsletters with people's pictures and it was you know, a three-page, basically it was like this little album of their life for the last year. And I thought that was so cool. We had five kids and there was always something going on that I could have talked about, but I never got any of those sent out. And now my all my kids are grown. So while you have the time to do so and while your little ones are still at home, write those newsletters. Talk to and interact with actual human beings again. We've been on lockdown for the last, what, year and a half, a little bit longer than that. It's time to come out of our shells and start living again. Yeah, that's a novel concept, isn't it? Maybe call an old friend you have meant to keep in touch with, but you haven't. Set aside time for a weekly cup of joe with friends. You could join a club, maybe focus it on one of your interests, and mingle with other members. Even if you don't go outside the house or the weather's bad, there's all kinds of Facebook groups and things like that that you could also join and kind of get on and interact with other people and start some friendships and strike up some inspiration between each other that way too. Make friends with people who have interests different than yours. It's always good to see things from another person's perspective. Maintaining a social life will keep you feeling happy and useful and talking to new people could just spark some creativity and not only yourself but maybe others as well. Be the light for somebody else who needs it the most. Maybe we could offer to watch your friends as kids so that they could have a date night they haven't allowed themselves in years. Or you could beg your own friends to watch your kids so you're the one that could have the date night you haven't allowed yourself in years. What do you think about taking a girl's trip? Even if the weather is awful and you can't go anywhere, you can rent a local hotel for the weekend. Maybe the husbands get together and that's what you do for your birthday or just a girl's weekend out. So a girl's night in sleepover can be just as fun if you ask me. And before the weather gets too frigid and we refuse to leave our nice warm houses, get outside and enjoy nature a little more. Even if it's a little bit chilly, it's an excellent time to get your blood pumping and get in some exercise. And yeah, even in the wintertime, it can be cold, it can be windy. And yes, there is some point that there might even be a little of that S-word snow on the ground. Yes, your bed will call you back inside and beg you to curl back up under a nice warm bundle of your favorite blankets. But 
the cool getting out in that fresh air will awaken your senses. The sunlight will boost your vitamin D levels naturally, which also increases your sense of well-being. There is sufficient research to show that not having enough vitamin D can lead to depression-like symptoms. And people with depression have a higher chance of having that vitamin D deficiency. My husband and I are both living proof of that. And we've suffered from multiple symptoms before we um, discovered that we had an undiagnosed vitamin deficiency. We both do. Especially, we both also have hypothyroidism. My husband has Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And vitamin D deficiency goes along with both of those conditions as well. So throw on some layers Grab your mittens, your ear warmers, and go on a brisk walk around the neighborhood. Get your fur babies outside and take them for a walk as well. They'll love it, and they need it as much as we do. It's important to get out of the house and get adequate exercise in the wintertime. It might seem awful at first, but you'll warm up quickly the more that you get your blood pumping, and you'll feel much better drinking your hot cocoa or your hot coffee in front of your fireplace as you warm up afterwards. Maybe... We get in the holiday spirit and we decorate early for the holidays and immerse ourselves in holiday cheer. Send out Christmas cards this year. Volunteer at a food pantry or feed the homeless events. The upcoming holiday season provides the perfect opportunity to do this. And it'll do your heart good. Hopefully it will initiate thankfulness on your part that maybe your life isn't as bad as you thought it was. Maybe it'll help uplift you and see the blessings in your own life and, and that you're thankful for the things you have. Another thing you can do to spark that uninspired feeling is to sit down and write out all the things that you're grateful for, especially as we're approaching Thanksgiving, and then make a list of the things that you need to work on that you maybe that you've been neglecting or maybe you haven't shown as much appreciation for as you should have. Music is one of those things that uplifts me even when I'm having a horrible day or a horrible week or whatever's going on. So buy a new CD. Find a new type of music you've never thought you'd listen to. Mine was, uh, my daughter has always listened to and loved Jelly Roll, which I would have considered just, I just thought he was a rapper. And I just pulled him up one day and I'm like, all right, she talks about him. She's getting ready to go to his concert. I like the kind of music she listens to most of the time, except for like rap and things like that. But I just decided to pull him up and I fell in love with his voice and his message and everything about him. But he's not someone that I ever thought that I would ever find myself listening to. So think outside the box. Feed your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul with positive, uplifting, and motivational things until your mindset has no choice but to respond in a positive way. Go back and listen to my decluttering series if you haven't listened to it already. It was called How to Declutter Your Mind, Body, Home, and Soul to Allow Your Spirit to Be Set Free. And then get to work. I give you a lot of homework or soul work, as I like to call it. Um, we go back to unpacking our bags from childhood and other past traumas and things like that in order to move through and make ourselves whole. There's a lot of things that I've been talking about that we can do to inspire ourselves. And sometimes we need to break those things down into smaller pieces. Sometimes it seems overwhelming to look at the whole thing at once. So that's why we decided instead of looking at all of our house projects and feeling overwhelmed that we didn't get a single thing crossed off our list this summer like we planned, we are going to pick a few things to do a few hours each weekend and start knocking stuff off that list. Even if it's literally one project a weekend, it's still getting done, right? And... Like this weekend, I have a lot of other things that I want to do. 
but it's supposed to be almost 70 degrees again this weekend. And we have a very brief window of opportunity here to get our garage cleaned out. It is not what I want to do, believe me, but I'm feeling the need to declutter. And that's one of the spaces in our house that gets everything gets piled in there. If we don't, if we're not sure where we're going to put it yet, or if my dad decides that he's going to give my husband <laughs> stuff from his house or garage that he wants to get rid of, my husband throws it in the garage and we'll find a place for it later. So that's one project that we're going to do. So clean out your garage, clean out your attic, clean out your, your bedroom, your closets, places that, you know, you just kind of shove that stuff aside and you don't know what to do with it. Don't wait for spring. Pick a project this winter and just literally start decluttering everything about your life. So now we've talked about all the things that you can do to get busy and get moving, but what about the importance of settling in and silencing your mind? Sometimes we forget that that part is just as important. So I'm kind of contradicting myself here. I'm also saying don't just get stuck just sitting, laying around, becoming a couch potato. Get out, move your body, do all these things to keep yourself motivated. But the other part of that is, and it's just as essential, is to focus on our own well-being and show ourselves a little self-love and self-care. You can learn the practice of meditation. You can create a Zen space just for you. Take up yoga. You can do it inside. You can do it outside. But inside, you can do it all winter where it's nice and warm. You could maybe learn to do Tai Chi with your partner. Take this time to silence the chaos and learn deep breathing exercises to help you cope with life and eliminate stress. Instead of looking at the season of darkness as a negative and focusing on all the things we don't get to do because the weather isn't warm enough or whatever excuse you use like me to not be creative when winter hits, just imagine the rejuvenating benefits of an extended period of downtime like this. I found an article on forhumanbeing.com and it shed new light on even more benefits and puts a positive spin on hibernating in the wintertime. The article reads, Have you ever woken up on a cold November morning and wished for an extra five minutes in bed? Ever had a nagging feeling that for some reason you would be better off just saying no to that invitation and instead find some dedicated me time? What about five more days of sleep or me time, weeks or even months? Unfortunately, unlike the 200,000 species in the animal kingdom, humans cannot hibernate throughout the winter months. We wish we could, but it's not humanly possible. However, there's still a lot we can learn from hibernation, as applying the key principles to our lives can help us thrive and revive during the shortest, darkest, and coldest days of the year. So in this article, they broke down the benefits of hibernation into two parts. The first one was health and wellness, and the second one was relationship with yourself. And they kind of journeyed into a deep state of rest, recovery, and reflection, prioritizing the most important relationship in our lives, the one we have with ourselves. The article also illuminates a common disorder and explains what happens when we don't get enough sunlight in the wintertime. So a change in the seasons can also trigger lower moods and seasonal affective disorder, which is known as SAD. SAD is a type of depression that shows up during the shorter, darker days of winter and affects around 6% of the UK population. And that, that article was written in the UK, so I'm not sure it's much higher here in the United States. I do know that. However, SAD is a spectrum and can affect more people than actual diagnosis statistics suggest. Individuals may suffer similar symptoms of SAD, like tiredness, hunger, and low mood without having full-blown depression. 
This is sometimes called sub-syndromal sad or the winter blues. I think all of us probably have, ex have experienced that on some level or another. One of the best treatments for sad and sub-syndromal sad symptoms. <laughs> I'm going to read that again because that's just too many S's in a row. One of the best treatments for sad and sub-syndromal sad symptoms is sunlight. A sad lamp, otherwise known as a happy lamp, can be hugely beneficial, particularly if you're finding yourself going to work in the dark and coming home in the dark. Make sure you get a sad-specific ultraviolet filtered light and enjoy the benefits of sunlight right from the comfort of your desk or wherever you happen to be hibernating. Even better, take a short midday walk. Get outside and soak up that sun, that vitamin D like we talked about. You'll be giving your brain a boost of the feel-good hormone serotonin. So if the sun is shining, resist the urge to stay in bed all day and take a short happiness-boosting break from hibernation. They also agreed with my theory that I said to get cozy and stay inside. The article asks... Do you like curling up with a blanket and with a warm mug of tea? Then you may already be practicing the cozy wellness trend called hyge. That originated in Danish culture. At the heart of hyge is the essence of hibernation. And in case you want to look that up, it's H-Y-G-G-E. One of their favorite definition of hyge is a quality of coziness and warmth that creates a feeling of contentment and well-being. So how can we bring more hyge to life? It's simple. We turn our homes into a cozy, peaceful sanctuary. Just like I mentioned earlier, find that Zen space and make it yours. Think candles and blankets and hot baths and a log fire if you have one. And a good book or two to curl up with. It's a wonderful way of reframing the winter months and using them as an opportunity to slow down, relax, and reconnect with what matters most to you. Of course, all the candles in the world can bring you a sense of hygiene to your life if you're still rushing around and not listening to the signals your body is giving you. So to use the words of Meek Wiking, author of the little book of Hyge, The Danish, Danish Way to Live, you cannot buy the right atmosphere or a sense of togetherness. You cannot hyge if you are in a hurry or stressed out state. And the art of creating intimacy cannot be bought by anything but time, interest, and engagement in the people around you. And I could not have said that better myself. So let's just not take the advice of myself, but that of the professionals in years of research with proof that there really is hope against surviving the next few months of darkness as we change the clocks, enter a brand new season with a new perspective, reset time this weekend and learn how to fall back when we're feeling uninspired to live our best life. So join me, if you will, in accepting this upcoming hibernation period as a great opportunity to take track of how far we've come, reconnect to our intentions, and perhaps set a few incredibly big new goals for the year ahead. If your life is anything like mine, it's fast, it's busy, and before we know it, another year's gone by. So within this new season of change, I intend to deliberately take a pause by prioritizing a winter's break for my own physical and mental health. So let's hibernate and create that space for the most important relationship in our lives, the one we have with ourselves. And with that, my friends, another episode is done. Each week it gets harder and harder to say goodbye, and I swear the time goes faster and faster all the time. But I hope you'll join me each week as we take the next steps in becoming more than we ever thought imaginable. 
as we learn that nothing is too big to handle when we step out of the way and we let the universe guide us. And that goes back to what I said earlier about being still in the moment and just listen to what your gut is saying. Listen to what the universe is saying and where it's guiding you. My wish is that I have provided you with hope, that I have uplifted you, that I've made you laugh, I've made you cry, and that you want to scream out loud, I want to take my own life into my own hands again and take time for me to be still, recharge my creative batteries, and greet the new year with eyes, arms, and a dreamer's heart wide open to receive the blessings of the universe. But most especially, I want you to shout it from the rooftops, I can do this, yes I can. So chin up, my friend. You've taken another big step, and it's all uphill from here. So straighten your crown, take a deep breath in, and let it all go, because I believe in you. You've got what it takes, and so do I. Together we'll make it through day by day and piece by piece, until we're restored, healed, and find joy in the journey once again. I hope you guys have a great week and find a little piece of heaven to retreat to in the next few months to find your center and to heal from within. Hang in there and know that you are loved from here to the universe and back. Until next time, I'm unconditionally yours. All my love, Sadie. another episode of the Daily Escape podcast, and I am your host, Sadie K. Frazier.